So I Married a Cinephile uses clips, quotes, and songs in fair use as commentary for movie review, with no intention for monetary profit or gain. So please don't sue us. We're just having fun. Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Ben Farmer and I'm a cinephile. I'm Megan Carver and I'm a cine newbie who smokes a pack a day. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what I sound like right now. A little bit. A little you bit. sound much better though. We watch all kinds of movies, new and old. And we let you know if you should watch them too. Welcome back to So I Married a Cinephile. Yay! Yay our first November episode. I'm finally back from two weeks off. What a last, uh, what a hectic couple of weeks. Yes. Lot, lot going on. You got sick. I got sick before then I ran the marathon. You and ran a marathon. You got sick during. Then I during. got sick and got sicker. <laughs> right. I, you were in much worse shape than I was. I, well, I think it was a combination of me inhaling smoke from our neighbors downstairs. Right, from the fire. The fire, and then I was already kind of getting sick with what you got. Correct. So it's just, if you get this cold, if you start getting something that kind of feels like laryngitis... Hide. Run <laughs> hide from the world. and hide from your body, <laughs> from the world. Get as much emergency Just as you can. stay in bed. This is day 10, yeah. and I'm still not at full voice. Right, but you're feeling much better. Much better. Yes. Like, we cleaned the apartment today. We I made a proper breakfast for yeah. the first time in 10 days. You're going to work out for, like, the I'm first time in two I'm going to work out. Weeks. Oh, my God. It's yeah. going to be a good time. Yeah, it's going to be so, a good day. It's going to be a good day. But a lot, yeah, a lot happened, so we were, we're are, a little bit busy. What are you excited? excited about right now ben what am i excited about yeah i get to go to boston next week for a couple of days um i have some really fun uh standardized patient work as well like all of next week is pretty much acting and go 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 i am sad that you're leaving friday because we don't really get a whole lot of time together no. during the next we week. have like this weekend <clears throat> and then friday or thursday evening and then but barely thursday <laughs> evening because yeah. you fly out of jfk so early right so anyway Hence the life of marrying an actor. That goes for, for the both, both of us. us. Yeah, right, it's right. not like one of us is. Because you yeah. are off to do. I am off to film my short film. It Yay. got pushed a little bit. We were supposed to do it earlier, but then there were several locations that we couldn't quite get. It actually ended up being a really good thing we pushed because Robin uh, emailed me some photos of the lab that we're going to be using, and I'm so excited. Yay! We got some really good locations, good. and we have some really great cast people. I'm so stoked. And the, these kinds of things happen too. Like... Yeah, I don't think I realized that because I've always been on the camera side of things like the on the being film side Not so you're just told the camera, hey show up <laughs> right show up and there's crafty over there the last like, one hired first one fired exactly. is what we're used to we are the last element as actors that are added into the equation mm -hmm. um the pre-production and the amount of work and it's planning, insanity um, yeah it's... and i've still only got like the tip of the iceberg of sure. what that looks like robin has been handling and shouldering most of this because that's what she does she's a director and producer as yeah. well as an actor but that's like her her main thing mm. and so just being on this side of it it's at first it was really hard not to take it emotional because <laughs> it's like this is my baby this is my first short film this is my first time ever producing something so I have a lot of emotions around it but yeah. she has been such a champ in honoring those emotions but also being like let's let's look at this logistically <laughs> as much as it is about you it's not about you Robin is a champion. She is um, a massive champion. When we worked on the Third Falls movie, I just remember her having, and correct me if I'm wrong, Robin, but she always had, like, kale-based protein <laughs> around. That sounds about right. I'm like, who's hungry? But I want to say it was, like, in, in powder form. Right. So it can really be used for anything. Right. She's I could vegetarian. Be right. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's I could be remembering so. that. Incorrectly, and she's but. probably one of the most like innovative eaters that I know. Like <laughs> right. she always has like the stuff that she has at her home <laughs> is stuff that like you would see people would make at a farm to table type of a situation. It's almost like a witch cauldron sort of scenario like oh, the yeah. most random objects you put into the pot and you're like oh this tastes delightful right and you don't you know? know and then you try to do it <laughs> and, you, and it looks and like a really sad crock pot <laughs> right. which is why the kitchen down below us had the fire exactly. they were trying to do the same thing and i love how the fire downstairs which was small apparently according to our super um but megan was home working from home leaving the windows open because that's what we do right and I love how nonchalant people were about it. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was, oh, a, yeah, fire was a fire downstairs. Yeah, and, yeah. like, Rocket apparently was flipping out. He couldn't 
stay no, still. He, he knew what was going on yeah. immediately. Like so. before I could even smell the smoke, he was just kind of running around the apartment. Sure. And couldn't like, sit still. Like, let's get out of here. And then I started smelling it and I couldn't breathe. I started like having issues breathing. I was getting really wheezy and tight in the chest. And yeah. at first I was like, oh my God, it's carbon monoxide. We're going to die. <laughs> So I grabbed Rocket and I run downstairs and this is after I'd been on a call with somebody. I was on a call for my work and I was like, hey, um, so I have to go. There's a fire <laughs> in my building. And he's like, oh, that's OK. I'm at the hospital oh, and my God. doctor just came in. So I have to go, too. I'm like, great. <laughs> he's going to give me some terrible news. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. But here Anyways, we are. Here we are. Um, We've made it. An extreme week and an extreme movie. Yes. That we watched. This is our belated, belated, belated Halloween movie. We did. Yes. We wanted to get in another scary movie for the yeah. season. So I understand. It's spooky well, right now. I understand that tomorrow's November 10th. So oh. I can understand how this d- might not quite fit in with the holiday spirit. Radios are already playing Christmas music, which I but think is far too early. For Thanksgiving and Christmas, people eat a lot of meat. And oh, I will say no. this movie is all about meat. Um, oh my and we God. went big. We went Texas style. And we watched. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I was so upset. That's, uh, that's like, in this, my first initial... Is I was upset. It's an upsetting movie. It's an upsetting movie. It is an upsetting movie. I have so many notes. And that is the point. I'm really excited to get into your notes, but I'm also excited to talk about... Because we haven't talked about this. We really haven't, because you were sick. I had total laryngitis. I couldn't talk. I was on voice rest. Oh, and I want to give this a mention. I ran the marathon. I finished. You did. Um, yes, I feel like we sort of we did sort of breezed over, over that, that. But I'm not saying it just be like, oh, I ran the marathon. No, but you at did. the same it's a time, like it's done, it's over. I finished it. It it was an unforgettable experience. What's My one thing that you would take away from that experience? I, I think I'm always remembering and referring to running across the Verrazano Bridge, the Narrows Bridge that connects Staten Island to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It it was. So incredible to not only be on the bridge with, in our, in our corrals, what what was probably 2,500 to 5,000 other people, but to be able to see Manhattan off in the distance, to be able to kind of roughly see what is ahead of you and how far you have to go, um, but just the camaraderie and the love and finding out why people were running yeah. for for hundreds if not thousands of different causes um, I think fifty three thousand people finished the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was it was one of the most unforgettable, difficult. It it was physically the most difficult thing I've ever done. It's like a fucking pilgrimage in one yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, and of course, like the the, the origins of marathon. The the guy who ran twenty six miles. Uh, died. Right. So people were like, oh, let's make a thing out of this. Sure. And here we are. But <laughs> I did it and I feel very accomplished. I don't know if I'll ever do another one because running kicks the shit out of you. Yeah. I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. So I did it. And thank you everyone for your support. For those who donated, I can't thank you enough for helping raise money for Team for Kids. I think overall they raised over $7 million Whoa! just from this race season. So thank you for everyone's support. But Back to the slasher to, movie. Jesus. That is the Texas Fuck. Chainsaw Massacre. Let's take a hard left. Uh, so let's break this down a little bit via IMDb. Uh, the movie came out in 1974, directed by Toby Hooper. Um, it was written by a few people. Uh, Kim Henkel, Toby Hooper. Actually, those are the only two people who uh, wrote the screenplay. Oh, okay. So it's nice that only two people wrote it. And I, uh, maybe just to comment on that a little bit, I felt the screenplay was very simple, very subtle. I felt like... I'll say... The back and forth between the characters was 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 very realistic. I felt uh, like they they talked in a way that was n- true to the time. No. And no, it wasn't realistic I, to you. Mm-mm. You didn't care for it. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> I'm let, I'm trying to let you finish. Okay. I have so many. I'm thoughts. really curious. Yeah, because we haven't talked about this. <clears throat> um, starring a cast of unknown and uh, Marilyn Burns, who plays the lead uh, Sally, Paul Parshin, who plays her brother Franklin, uh, Alan Danzinger, uh, William Vale, Terry McMinn. Yeah, all all these have people. Have they done who, anything since? I'm sure they have. Uh, the 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 cast of characters who sort of uh, rammed out the uh, the cannibal family. Gunnar Hansen, of course, plays Leatherface. He's uh, I I think he played Leatherface in a couple of uh, of these movies. 
That's his specific um, title, Leatherface. Leatherface. And he's called it in the movie, but you don't really hear it. I like never it, heard it's that. mentioned once. It's mentioned one and time. And he's not actually wearing leather, he's wearing it's, people skin. It's wearing skin, like kind of Hannibal Lecter yeah. style. But he's like sewn it, it together. Because it looks like leather when it's dried out. I take umbrage with that. <laughs> okay. Along with the rest of the movie. Um plot breakdown via IMDB. Two siblings and three of their friends. three of their friends? Were there five of them? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Were five total? Yeah. Yes, there were five people total. Yeah. Okay. Plus Two siblings guy. and three of their friends en route to visit their grandfather's grave in Texas end up falling victim oh, to a family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End up falling victim to a family of cannibalistic psychopaths and must survive the terrors of Leatherface and his family. That's yep, a, that's, that's solid. That's pretty yeah. clear. Yep. Um, yeah, I I saw this movie when when I was a teenager. I it, it was one of those movies that I had to go over to my friend's house sure. and rent it because my Your family would not have allowed you. No. Interestingly enough, this was the first movie that my dad took my mom to see what? When, when they were dating. Oh my god. Yeah. So my dad took my mom to go see the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Why? I think I think he thought it would be funny. But what you and I, would make you think that you was and I, funny? You and I watched Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. So clearly like the father, apple doesn't like fall too far from No, the tree. exactly. Um, yeah. So I saw this movie when I was a teenager. I remember uh, understanding what was going on. I, I will also say this movie's really short. It's only like 93 minutes, I yeah. think, if that. Moana I'm, is longer than this Moana movie. Moana is longer than the Texas State South Massacre. The plot is pretty... No pun intended, but pretty cut and dry. Oh, you know? boo. Yeah. But again, you have these two, this brother and sister and their friends who were going to see uh, their grandfather's grave. Didn't know that. Uh, but they end up like going to their grandfather's old house, right. kind of exploring around it. And then as they sort of go off on their own thing, they find this. And that's actually a big sort of umbrage with me is that there's this house close to their grandfather's They're house. neighbors. That houses the Sawyer family, which is this group of cannibals. Right. Um, so I'm like, you'd think, you'd think they would have had some sort of interaction with these guys before, or, or as kids they would have it. seen it or known about it. Right. Um, yeah, so I, I remember watching it at a pretty young age. I want to say I was probably 12 or 13. Right, because it's not like they like moved in a little bit later. The grandfather who's in that family has yeah. been there for you know decades. Yeah, and the grandfather worked at a slaughterhouse or right. owned a slaughterhouse nearby. Worked at the slaughterhouse. Yes, because this is set in Texas where yeah. slaughterhouses are everywhere. Right. Um, a lot of, a lot of themes that I want to get into, but I want to sort of I, get you. This is this movie is why I don't like scary movies. <laughs> Shut your mouth. This movie is exactly why I don't like scary movies. Yeah. Is because the whole time, and this specifically was, it reminded me of what Gabe says in the office about the film of the unsettling. The oh, the the cinema of the unsettling. The cinema yes. of the unsettling. Yes. That's yes. what this is. It's you're just right. like you're seeing awful things the whole time, whether yeah. it be flashes or in the plot. Yeah. Just look. Yeah. Look at how unsettling this is. Just look at it. Look. And like there are shots uh, like even Rocket was unsettled. Yes. Rocket was, got visibly upset. I thought the acting was bad. B- really? I, I thought the acting was horrible. Really? Oh. I thought the shots on several different occasions were incredibly jarring. Yeah. And there would be random shots of like people walking to the car. Yeah. Or driving or pulling into a parking spot that were way too long. This is stuff that MST3K makes fun (laughs) of and like birdemic. Everything was so unnecessarily sustained. And I immediately thought like, I am no better for having seen this movie because I felt so uncomfortable the whole time. And I think that's the point. I don't, it's, it's not a movie that makes you better it is, then why make it is it? it's an auditory and kind of sensory unsettling movie uh-huh. and again the themes that i think they were they were sort of going for the social the commentary. sociopolitical commentary right. they were going for so that yes. was one thing i wanted to ask about cuz i actually like going back and trying to go through and trying desperately to find why why make this movie like why make mm. this now mm. what do we want the audience i was like is this a commentary on meat eaters and i was curious if the people who wrote it were maybe either vegan or veg- vegetarian because the whole premise if i'm remembering this right mm. the reason why the cannibal neighbors exist is because they got out of a job yeah, the at slaughterhouse the slaughterhouse cuz yeah. they got the air guns and were no longer needed to have slaughters yeah, but yeah. they couldn't move anywhere cuz yeah. they probably couldn't afford to move anywhere yeah. so because of that they probably couldn't afford to buy food 
Correct. So because of that, they turned to cannibalism in order to survive. I don't know if they turned to cannibalism in order to survive. I, I feel that the Sawyer family has always been this way. Mm-hmm. Um, they were maybe drawn to a job at a slaughterhouse like that because it had to deal, it, it dealt with violence. In and my mind, if it's if, kind of if we're talking about what the grandfather did, which he was the best slaughter guy ever, like one strike and the, and the cow was dead. That's mm. what they said. If that's what the family is built off of, which how is the grandfather still alive? I didn't understand that. Right, um, right. That was something where it was like, okay, so he had a job. He hmm. lost the job. They couldn't afford to move. They needed to stay alive. So like maybe once or twice, it's like it's like with a little shop of horrors, just a little blood, just a little bit, just a little bit. Know, it right, won't hurt anything right, right. until it turned into full barbecue, yes. like on the side of the road right. type yeah, of a situation. Right. Exactly. And now they're like, well, this is just what we do, right? Right. And, and because it's cheap. because right. they were cannibals, I think mm. that made their sons mentally unstable. Sure. And I think because that's been proven in societies that have yeah. cannibalism, yeah, you're right. That in eating uh, other human flesh, that actually deteriorates and affects the mental capacity of those who are born after. I don't know if everything connects with with such a with such a ribbon on it. You know, I feel like there are there are a lot of themes, and maybe you could make your own decision about those things. That's but right. you're right. That's the, what I was thinking. The the socio commentary about losing their jobs right. due to them coming. Coming up with other methods of being able to slaughter these the, all of this cattle right. ties into today where you have a lot of this globalization where uh, robots and AI are taking a lot of, of jobs where uh, we're looking in more into clean energy right. where coal jobs are disappearing in the south. But again, this you know, is me trying to be a cinephile and trying to dissect and trying yeah, to think yeah. of why they would make this movie sure. because unless I dug so deep for that, I could not understand why anyone would make this movie or like this movie. And right. the fact that you told me that the woman who edited this is the same woman who edits a lot of Quentin Tarantino Let me stuff. double check on that. I, I think that was... If that's true, that makes me deeply sad. Her name was Sally Richardson. I don't know if it was it, if it was Sally, uh, Sally I'll, Menken. I'll but look um, Sally Richardson. Yeah, maybe. But it was edited by Sally Richardson and Larry Carroll. Um, produced by a Vortex Production Company and distributed by Bryanston Distributing Company. Um, only Again, only 83, million, uh, 83 minutes long. Mm-hmm. This movie was made for... $140,000, which adjusted for inflation today would have been about 700000 Oh, my God. It made domestically over $30 million. This actually, just for horror movies in general, this set a precedent for a lot of things that we have seen in horror movies, especially through the 80s and 90s, specifically masked killers. We wouldn't have had Jason right. Voorhees. Was this like the first... Masked this was the first movie? sort of masked killer slasher movie. So we wouldn't have the J- the Friday the 13th. We probably wouldn't have Nightmare on Elm Street. So it actually created an entire genre of slasher films. And Hooper cited a lot of the things that were going on uh, at the time because it was made in 1974. Uh, he cited that changes in the cultural and political landscape are central influences on the film. His in, his intentional misinformation, because they build it as a true story. The film right. you're about to see Which, is true. Which, that also, I didn't understand. Why do we have the credits rolling and we have people talking at the same time? Like, that was something I was like, pick one. With Star Wars, you had the scrolling thing and the music. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you would have a narration with no titles. I didn't, <laughs> it's like they both wanted both, so like, fine, we'll just do both. Right. Like, we'll I didn't do, understand. Do you know what that was? No. It was John LaRiquette, who was in uh, Night Court. He was in... um... That's my... um, I have to go. What is happening out there? It's probably just construction. and This is what happens when you're not here. (laughs) Really? When I work from home... (laughs) People get upset and they think that their horn is a magic button that just makes things happen. That just happen. makes you. It so, sounds like a fire truck without its, no, its bells it's and whistles. A, no, it's just a regular. But yeah, so John LaRiquette was the one who narrated it. He was, he, uh, I guess, most famous for Night Court. Uh, he was in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Mm-hmm. He was also in The Librarians as the older guy who was sort of the oh, keeper of the library. But yeah, yeah that's John yeah, LaRiquette. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also so narrated weird. the when, when they remade the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think, in 2001. Mm-hmm. He also did the opening opening narration for that. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the film was billed as being a true story. Right. And Toby Hooper used that as saying that this is a response because we're being lied to by the government because Watergate was happening. 
the Vietnam uh, War was happening. So it was sort of a commentary on those things that, that were happening at the time. The lack of sentimentality and the brutality of things that Hooper noticed while watching the local news, whose graphic coverage was epitomized by showing brains spilled all over the road. That was something I noticed at the very beginning. Yeah, led like, to his belief that that man is the real monster. They literally showed images of like a corpse that had been that dug had been up, dug up and, from the cemetery, and, and hung broken on the fence. into like a weird contraption, like figurine <clears throat> thing. Yeah, and yeah. it was just like, I guess that's okay. All right, see that that makes more sense. Man to me. is the literal monster, but I'm gonna put another face on it. Hence, one that face. I literally cut exactly, exactly. Else. He said, "I put the literal mask on the monster in the film." The idea of using a chainsaw as the murder weapon came to Hooper while he was working, or uh, while he was at a hardware store, and he was just waiting in line. And he was actually contemplating how a way to like speed the line up. And he's like, "What can I do? Oh, I would just grab a chainsaw and cut through all these people." What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, I I feel like there 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 was there was a lot of sort of deeper things happening mm-hmm. on the surface. You can look at this and be like, why the fuck did you make this? But yeah. I feel like when you get into into these types of messages, the 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 symbolism of the film, um, there's also a lot a lot of violence against women. So here's the other like thing: that. I didn't understand. Like this is such a. It feels like it was made with seven hundred thousand dollars. It feels very rough to me. While I do agree that, like, uh, several of the shots are really inventive. Yeah. Um, and there's several different things, like, especially, too. Like, you mentioned this. You called this out. There's no music. No music in the whole, in the whole movie. It's all unsettling sounds. Correct. It's like it's like a, a music that's playing off of a radio in the van. Right. Um, the, like, sound effects um, of, like, a camera going Clack, off. Of, yeah, like, clicking. Beep, yep. Like, the, the flashes and yeah. everything. We get that throughout the movie. But you're right. No music. Or, like, yeah. and there will be times when, like, people are, like... One guy is like grabbing what's his name that he just hit him over the head and is pulling him back into the yeah. hallway and closing the door. I'm pretty sure at some point, either there or somewhere around there, there technically was music. I think there, there was but like it was literally a bass just like, like a, a, a piano, just right. like bah. And I think everything that that's a part of the movie that happens so fast, where he enters the house, runs to the back, Leatherface hits him over the head with a hammer, he starts convulsing, Leatherface pulls him into the back, slams the door. All in okay. like 10 seconds. So here's like, the what other the fuck thing. Just I didn't understand. And this is something that made me, it made me frustrated because A, I thought, uh, there were so many times that I thought of the horror movie that you were in. Of, of Lake Noir. Of Lake Noir, yes. which is a, cine- it is a cinematic masterpiece. Please watch. It is a study in grace and horror <laughs> done to... A, a cinematic brilliance. Would we have Lake Noir without the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? We would Master? not. Because there were so many times that I was like, Lake Noir stole that. Yeah. And yeah. like, there were these points too. The way the women were dressed, yeah. I'm sorry, I know it's warm, but her tits were practically falling out women the were sides their of bras. her leotards. This was a, this was a, like, a time of liberation. It, but it, that's and... the thing, it didn't feel like liberation. Right. Simply because there were several shots where the girls were walking someplace and the camera was <laughs> down below them, angled right up their asses Mm. like we were literally staring at the underside of their ass cheeks Mm. while they're having a conversation Mm. you couldn't see their face it felt so hypersexualized and objectifying Mm. which was really frustrating for me and then later on when they're running away from you know stuff that's going on a no one should be wearing platform heels like that (laughs) this is why i don't wear heels this is why i wear toms because it it allows you to run away they were like this weird hybrid like flip-flop clog oh i had those platform yeah yeah oh yeah those big chunky they remind me of like the corkboard looking ones exactly from the 90s yeah she's like running around like in in the backyard with these things on. she would not have gotten far she didn't get far twist your ankle but uh yeah so that that was something that i was like like really frustrated about that yeah, yeah. um and then also too i just have to call out at the very beginning they're talking about mercury being in retrograde this is why you don't do anything <laughs> when mercury is in retrograde right. try not to travel if you do have to travel don't pick up any hitchhikers <laughs> don't pick up don't hitchhiker. do anything risky during yeah. mercury. and it set that trope too like yeah. picking up the the hitchhiker on the side of the road because let's be nice you know love man let's let's give this guy a lift and it turns out this is a crazy person right who has like this animal pelt purse satchel and, and cuts his own has hand. a camera cuts his own hand just to see the blood also a commentary on like 
on like someone being mentally unstable, PTSD sort of uh, tied into his character. Again, it's like, I feel like if that had been justified, I didn't understand why he was the way he was. Right. I didn't understand why they were the way they were. But your commentary about the cannibalism and maybe making him crazy. But again, I always say like, remember the Vietnam war was happening here. Mm. You have these, these, these people who are in these extreme circumstances who are, who come back uh, and and not given the help that they need, who are treated like okay. like scum because okay. that, and that's how a lot of soldiers came back from Vietnam because right. the, the war was so hated here in America that when the soldiers came back they were spit upon they were treated badly they were right. just they were just kind of left right they were just kind of like left alone because we're ashamed of you that okay. kind of thing yes, um, so, no and I just yeah but like. Also, okay, so I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> I noted how many different times I had to turn away during this movie. Sure. Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Brooks, if you're listening to this, don't watch this movie. Just <laughs> listen to this because I turned away five different times. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's gruesome. It, it, it really is, is very hard it to really watch. Is. Yeah. And especially to, like, towards the end, um, I it was just a lot of, like, the whole thing where the, the last girl that survived Sally, at this point, yeah. Sally... The last girl that's made it out, she's like been held captive and they're having family dinner, mm. um, which also side note, mm. they're having family dinner. They're eating their friends. They're eating their friends. <laughs> yeah. They're eating Sally's friends. Literally, they're eating Sally's <laughs> yes. friends. Yes. I don't know why she doesn't like the meal. It's comfort food. You know these. <laughs> right. This is stuff you this know. This is a way for you guys to get closer. This is how you get closer. <laughs> um, but... Uh, the the meal happens and she breaks free and runs out and then Leatherface chases after her. Did you notice that he changed outfits completely? He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like wearing lipstick. He's got like so he was wearing uh, inside someone's he was hair, like the mom. Yes, yes. So he's like he's playing dual roles and. I don't know if you could if you could make that kind of commentary today because that also ties into like some sort of interesting sexual identity yeah. commentary, but also I about like mental health. Yeah, you know, because he also started making like these feminine like noises, and right. he's you know he's serving the dinner, but he yeah he he's he he's wearing this like two piece blue suit right. for a man, but he's wearing a face. A, literally running the face of a woman. I just loved that she broke out and he went, okay, mom face is down, business face is back on. Right. He actually went to the trouble to change back into his normal leather face and then got his stuff and then no, went he, to chase no, he after had the, her. No, he had the same woman's face No, he face changed on. it. I think he had the I woman's face I swear to God, because really? I wrote it down. I wrote it down that he went to the he trouble. He did time. He did, he apparently. Did, he had enough time to go, oh, fuck, she got out. All right, where's my normal face? <laughs> I have to put on really? my business bonnet to okay, get out well, there and I'll, chase her. I'll have to look that I up. swear to God. I'll have to look that it, up. It, it made me laugh. But, um... But before that moment, when she's in the chair, yeah. there was so much focusing on her eye. And I don't understand why, other than just to unsettle. Yeah, and I think that was exactly why. And again, Toby Hooper referring to these images that you see on the news of all of this oh. violence, these bodies. I feel like getting the camera that close to somebody, it's almost like when you're standing so close to someone that you, that it makes you feel uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable the you whole time. You could see the yeah. veins in her eyeball. That, exactly. You know? And you have these brilliant, giant flashes of light on her. The mu- the, the, the sound effects are kind of cranking Lots up. She's screaming her screaming. head off. Yeah. And they're mocking her at the same time. Again, like it, it all ties into sort of this, this bigger, broader message of the movie about we are living in an insane time right now. The world is crazy. Uh, nothing we're being told is the truth. I'm squinting my eyes and like, furrowing my brow thinking about this really yeah, hard right now. I, I feel like you always have to remember the the time in which the movie was made. Right. And during that time, I feel like it kind of is a commentary on some of the things we're experiencing now. Sure. Where we're living in a society where where uh, our own president says that the media is the, is the enemy of the people. How he uh, how he says fake news about things he doesn't agree with about uh, this this I don't know this twenty year war we've been in and are we being told the truth and things like that so it 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 was it was it was an insane time yeah. and that's what I think of when I watch this movie and I see scenes like that the camera work how close it gets how crazy those scenes are 
as a commentary on on when the movie was made. I think the only thing that let me like hang on to finish the movie mm. is I didn't know if anyone would survive. Sure. At sure. some point, I just thought to myself, you know what? They're all gonna die, and yeah. we're just going to have to sit here and then quote unquote enjoy all of this gruesome porn. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't understand. Other than that, I'm like, that's the only thing that held me on. Yeah. Your comment about the dialogue, I just, I felt like it wasn't natural. And to be honest, I felt like there was, there have been projects that I've been involved with Mm. as an actor where you're given a script, but it's very loose. Mm. And then they actually tell you to throw the script away and just have a conversation and just talk. And these are the main talking points that you want to hit. And it always comes out very clumsily. And now that I'm starting to write... It, I can understand. I can understand why a director would want to do that to a degree because you want it to feel organic. Yeah. But unless an actor has the words and the specific direction that they're going on in the navigation of a conversation, yeah. they're just going to come back to the same things that they know because they don't know where the conversation is going. So I felt like that happened a lot in this movie. Like, no, give me the flashlight. No, I don't want to give you the flashlight. Give me the flashlight. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to give you the flashlight. Yeah. Um, that to have, me felt like a brother and sister. <coughs> have you seen my knife? I haven't seen your knife. Hmm. Uh, do you think that this marking on here, they're going to come and get us? You don't yeah. think he's going to get us? Which I was actually going to ask. This was something you brought up as the hmm. brother in the hmm. wheelchair. Yeah. That he might have been a little bit on the spectrum. Yeah. That was yeah. something which I wasn't sure because everybody else kind of talked and acted a bit weird too. But he's like fascinated with uh, like slaughterhouses and like I, I feel like his his social cues are not quite up to speed like his. And I don't know anything about like what to look for in terms of this is something where I just want to be transparent about like people being on the spectrum. I don't know anyone or if I do. Right. right. I don't know that that's their case right i i feel like you know i don't know when 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 you interact with people discriminate against them. correct and then that's that's not what we're intending to do here right. but but you can tell that franklin's like like social interactions are a little bit off because yeah. he's talking about like uh the slaughtering of animals in like mixed company where it's it's kind of a gruesome thing to talk about yeah. and everyone's telling him like hey can we talk about something else but he just kind of keeps going uh-huh. and when they pull it that when they invite the hitchhiker into the van they have the same conversation. You've you've let this uh, some this person who who is clearly like uh, there's something a little bit off about this guy, yeah. and you're still continuing this conversation. Um, so yeah, I I felt like Franklin wasn't. Um, yeah, he he was a little bit on the spectrum of like is socially awkward, not really know how knowing how to like communicate with people, right? You know, on on like a what we would consider a normal sort of social level with appropriate topics to yeah. talk about. But again, another, that that may have been another commentary that this movie was going for as well, because they're constantly talking about like slaughter and meat and. That's and what made me think it literally it's, was it's about the most the vegetarian movie ever. It is. Because humans end up being the food. Right. You know? <laughs> and they have all these different like things back and forth. There was even at the beginning where it was just like this close up on a cow and like this cow profusely panting and like and sweating out and in the just Texas sun like and... clearly they are not being taken care of right, and it's not right. a sane or, you know, maybe, sanitary situation. Maybe or forty this... years ago, you know, the rules around this kind of uh, around animal slaughter and uh, those kinds of things were very different. Right. I imagine them than what they are now. It literally felt to me like a very angry vegan wanted to make a movie about <laughs> that. Now I'm realizing a commentary on the Vietnam War, yeah. and that our society has completely lost it, yeah. and that yeah. this is the result of the insanity that has ensued. Right. Then like, that's exactly how I take this movie. That's interesting because yeah. up until this point, uh, literally right now, I just was like, why are we just watching? like violent porn yeah like it's, essentially it's awful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was hypersexualized in a couple of different very weird ways also so much running even forrest gump is like why are we still running a lot of running so much running but again like a lot of it was shot in the dark and they didn't have a whole lot of equipment again this movie was shot on a minimal independent film budget yeah and it was shot in texas in the middle of summer 110 degrees like i feel like they had one sort of big klieg light that they used for, Just all, for all the for, shots. I mean, for all of the shots, like inside <laughs> and out. Like right. the, the, there are shots inside of of the Sawyer house at the end where all of the windows had to be covered in like this black plastic. I do have to give props <laughs> to art. 
The and oh my set god, design. the art department and set design. Oh my god, there there are Can just bones and teeth how and many feathers. different places they had to go to get all to of get those all things. that stuff. Like that's insanity. It was crazy, and it's it's cloying because it, they exactly. they enter this house and Sally's friend like falls on the floor and she's like covered in like chicken feathers and there's bones everywhere in this room and you had to imagine like how hot it must have been in there. Like she starts like like gagging and like losing her breath, so it it makes you kind of feel what she's going through and she right. tries to escape and Leatherface grabs her and puts her on a meat hook but and again, she again and this is something that you know now watching having not watched this movie and knowing what movies are edited like now yeah thinking about that scene that's again something where it was massively sustained yes yeah. we get it she's on the floor yes we get it there's bones everywhere exactly yes, we get it there's a chicken in a cage we don't know why but it doesn't stop no it can, it's an and assault I'm, that's the thing is you. is that this movie is already so short hmm. I'm wondering if if this if this movie went through another edit huh. with a modern day editor, how short would this movie actually be? Oh yeah. If we Good were question. to cut it for a millennial audience, yeah. For a nowadays audience, how short would this movie be? Hmm. I'm guessing it probably wouldn't be more than like God, forty seven minutes. This would be like a like an hour episode on Netflix. This yeah. would be an like an episode of Bake Off. Yes. But with if humans. That, but with humans. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's funny. It's lots of soggy bottoms. Lots of soggy bottoms. <laughs> oh dear. I think you've cracked it. In that you've cracked my scalp. This <laughs> it hits hits Mary with a hammer. I think you've cracked it. <laughs> Did you see that this this person has been overbaked? Overbaked. And when he hits it too hard, it's like it's been overworked. <laughs> it's underproved. It's, it's overworked. The girl that's coming out of the <laughs> that's coming out of the fridge. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> It just, oh. I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I don't like stuff that's unsettling. It's, and just it is. to speak again, yeah. my mind has, a, I have anxiety, depression, in <laughs> yeah. case I haven't already mentioned it on several different occasions. Sure. But at night, sometimes the way that your body de-stresses mm. and works through anything and everything that you're dealing with is it goes through dreams. That's how it, it works through that stuff. So this kind of shit shows up in my dreams all the time. All the, right. And this it's is not what you because I'm through. a cannibal. It's not because <laughs> I'm a psychopath. It's because my anxiety literally thinks of all of these horrible things that could potentially happen to me existing <laughs> in everyday life and just plays through it so that I can get through it and move on to the next day filled with anxiety. So Jesus. it's like I already see yeah, this stuff all the time, which is why I don't like unsettling movies because i already deal with right, it right i don't understand why people like these movies right. i just don't same reason you go on a roller coaster i don't like roller coasters <laughs> right. i don't like to be scared <laughs> jerry seinfeld said it. he's like we're already walking around this earth like terrified lemurs why would well, someone let me scare think you it's right. a good idea to scare you so uh this movie uh yeah a lot going on with it I would love to jump into some trivia. Okay, but w really quick. Yeah. Overall thoughts. What do you think? Should someone watch this movie? I and think so. so I what, think I think you should. Just knowing that it's it's a very again it's a very unsettling movie, but I feel like this is the reason we go to see performances. This is the reason we go to see movies to to have an experience, even if that experience is going to be one that we deem as I don't know negative, something that we're going to be scared by, something that makes us feel uncomfortable. I think is okay, but knowing that there's a lot of deeper things going on as far as like the messaging and what mm -hmm. they were trying to say with this movie and also what this movie led to for horror films as we know them, um, I feel like it's an important one to see. It's it's sort of like the bedrock of modern horror as we know it. It's like the raging bull. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's it's often in the top five scariest movies of all time. Usually, The Exorcist is always the number one movie, but this is always very close behind. Just be just due to the nature and the the, the unsettling nature of the movie and the fact that they didn't really hold back and that's due to the editing to the the production and the set design yeah. um the 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 brevity of the movie how short it is but so much happens in 83 minutes it does that by the end of it you're just like Whoa, what the fuck what just the happened what the fuck just happened to me you know um literally i was like what happened at the end with i was like got hit by a truck black guy where did he he right. ran off he ran what like he just ran the black guy? exactly exactly what there's there's not really a bow on this movie either you're left at the end with leatherface just wielding his chainsaw going crazy which again is another socio-political commentary of like we're all 
we've all gone crazy lately. Look at the times that we live in. So I'm literally just now connecting the dots to another movie that just recently came out that has actually had a very similar reaction to what we're having it right now. Mm. I love it. I hate it. There is no gray area. Mm. Joker. Yeah, which I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen yet, but from what I hear, everybody either is like, this is an incredible movie. It doesn't hold back. It makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you look at the ugly parts of yourself. Whereas other people are like, I don't understand why someone would go to all this trouble to to make people feel uncomfortable, to have awful things showing. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. So it's actually a very similar take, I think. But it's important because it, it... it allows us to, to feel something that maybe we don't allow ourselves to feel every day. Right. Which I think is the point of all art. I don't care for that. <laughs> Except that's okay. I that's don't okay. want it. I would rather <laughs> watch Care Bears or Looney Tunes. Right. Thank I, you very I much. think it's an important movie to watch. I would say as someone who does not like horror movies, if you don't like horror movies, don't make an exception for this one. Don't watch it. If you do like horror movies and you want to see where horror movies came from mm-hmm. and kind of connect the dots where it all started definitely watch this movie Mm. so just depending on what you like if you don't like horror movies or slasher movies or scary movies don't watch it yeah if you don't mind them absolutely you should watch this it's a lot it's a lot um yeah should we jump into to some trivia let's do it let's do a cute trivia music so again this was shot during uh the summer i think the summer of 73 but they they shot Seven days a week for 16-hour days. 16-hour days? And they did not have uh, replicas or changes of costume. So by was the, this SAG? This was not SAG. Oh, no, 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 no. no There's the, no this way. Was, this was a very independent movie. Um, whoops, as I elbow This the, the You mirror. almost did that last time. <laughs> There's no room so. in here. Um, so they didn't have any replacements for the costumes either. So by the end of the movies, what you see is literally their first day costumes, and and that includes Leatherface. Wow. The apron that he wore and the suit that he wore and and Sally's clothing, they they were so stiff from all the fake blood that like you can almost take them out and just hold them straight straight up in the air. Wow. Yeah. So they literally had to film from start to finish. The conditions that the actors worked in were very extreme. Something that would probably not be allowed today. Because due to the heat inside of the van, inside of these houses, which didn't have air conditioning, so it got up to 110, 115 degrees. So like the dinner scene where you see everyone like sweating profusely. That's all real. And you have to imagine like the the lights that they had in there as well. The kind of work that they had to do. No, um, I would have yeah. walked off in a second. Yeah, it was probably like a very uncomfortable movie, movie to make. Nope. Um, Gunnar Hansen wore three-inch lifts to be taller than the rest of the cast okay. so that Leatherface would look imposing. That works. But he was still faster than the gal who played Sally. So the scenes where they're running, he actually had to slow himself down. I could tell. Because she uh, she maybe was just apparently not a very fast runner. Or a good runner. Or a very good runner. She was not an economical <laughs> runner. She would not have finished the marathon. Overall, this is actually one of the least bloody horror movies. What? Even though, like, you see corpses, you see, like, uh, okay. things cut up. But but in reality, like I think the only gore in the movie is is the the blood that you see after the fact, from like uh, the, one of the guys is like cutting Sally in the back as she's running. Yeah. Uh, she gets hit in the head with a hammer, yeah. so she starts bleeding from the Actually, head. Actually, when what's his name got like just rickish, like just when, when he drops torn. the chainsaw on his leg at the end, yeah. and it cuts into his own leg. There's some blood there. Yeah, there's a little bit of blood there, but it's so it's actually one of the least bloodiest movies. So a lot of it is more unsettling to look at than anything. But there's not uh, a whole lot of gore in this in this movie. I disagree. If gore is specific <laughs> to blood, then sure. But if gore is specific to people being hung on meat hooks, I disagree. Marilyn Burns, who plays Sally, was chased through all that undergrowth. She actually cut herself on branches very badly. So oh. the cuts that you see, again, like the, the, what the this actors were put through. Fly. Oh my God! Can you imagine? This makes me even more angry. Yeah. Um, John Larroquette, who did the opening narration, uh, wasn't paid cash, but paid in barbecue. He was paid with a joint. Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck is this movie? That's according to John. This Lerkett. makes me so mad. <laughs> paid with Do a not give joint. a penny to this movie. <laughs> I don't want this to anyone to get paid for this. 
It was banned in multiple countries. It wasn't released in Australia or New Zealand until the early 80s. I think it's still banned in Finland. Um, That makes sense. Finland, Finland, Finland. John Larroquette has has stated in a 2008 interview that he still hasn't seen the movie. Really? Which is really interesting. Wait, who was he? Uh, He was the narrator. Oh. Yeah. Still hasn't seen the movie. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) <laughs> in one of Marilyn Burns's uh, final interviews before she died, she stated that she would like uh, to take the clothes she wore during the film with her to wash. After one particular wash, when she returned to the mat, she discovered the purple shirt, the one that she wore, had been stolen from the dryer. But she had to go back to the store and buy another one. Oh. But it was one size too big, so that's why it looked a little bit oh, big. Billowy. Just oh, okay. Just those Ow. little factoids. Eh. Uh, most of the actors actually didn't meet with Gunnar Hansen, who played Leatherface, or let alone see him in the costume before their first shot with him was That filmed. makes sense. So they wanted to keep all of that a surprise. It's so every like every first... Yeah, exactly. Right. So every first interaction you see is is a literal reaction to, what the fuck am I looking right. at, kind of thing. That makes me so mad. <laughs> that makes me so fucking mad that this is like considered, and Harold is one of the most important movies for... The creation of horror films and these actors were put under horrific conditions yeah, yeah i assume not only did they probably want to work maybe some of them were toby hooper's friends that kind of thing but like he he rented all the equipment and and the reason was like they had to keep costs low because they didn't really have any money so which is why they shot 17 hour days just do in a the middle crowdfunding of do crowdsourcing like <laughs> i internet did it did not exist well pick up a phone like <laughs> call people pick up a rotary phone pick, Use use your typewriter and make flyers and put them out and say, hey, I want to make a very unsettling movie. I need money. I put this in the Pantheon with the rest of the great 70s films. And this also makes me think of when you think of the great movies of the 70s, when you think of Dog Day Afternoon or The Godfather or French Connection, The Exorcist, these movies that when you watch them now, you're like, holy shit, how did they do that? And why did they do that? When they were making these movies... They weren't considered at the time like 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 the gold standard. They were just movies. Right. But a movie like this feels dangerous. Like it it feels like you're you're almost watching something that maybe you shouldn't. Yes. And I feel like today there aren't a whole lot of experiences like that. And again, I know well, that we refer to that's because people in the crow got literally <laughs> shot. Yeah, maybe. That's because maybe. people were like, yeah, live ammo or on set creates a sense of danger. This could be commentary of of a lot of these these corporate studio machines trying to control the outcome and trying to reach the biggest demographic possible to make the most profit, which I understand. Hello, Disney, which launches Disney Plus on Tuesday. Fuck you. Um, but you you have to think of movies like this where you're like, wow, that that was that was an experience. That's that's not something that I will ever watch or duplicate again. And I'm very thankful that movies like this exist because it it, it reminds you of or it reminds me anyway. Of the kind of work that I want to do. You want to do this? No, I'm just saying the kinds of stories that oh. I want to help tell are are not like status quo. They're not like they're not like it chapter two where you're where you're gonna dumb down everything so badly that you actually again, missed. I still like it. I, it two. Again, it was like being on a roller coaster. I liked it. It was fine. But once you get off, you forget about it. Like and and this this is a movie I will I will never forget about. No, and I, I don't loved think it. You chapter one for the good reasons. But exactly, but it sticks with you, and uh, that's the point. I don't want to remember it. You though. don't want to. Rem- that's like, hey, remember that time that I cut off my finger? Yeah, I'll never forget that. It's not a good thing to remember. You don't want to have that memory. So why go through it in the first place? Well, the same reason we're we're alive. You know? No, uh, uh, like to to experience the extremes of of feeling I, and being alive. I'm fine with having. Why a did I run twenty six point two miles? You, I, why did I do that? No one forced you. No to one do that. forced. <laughs> no one made the, you do the that. The fact that it's there, the fact that you want to say, I I went through this experience and came out okay on the other side, but I'll never forget it. It sticks. It sticks with you, and that—that's what I really like about I this know. movie. Is I, you never I forget almost, it. I almost gave it a pass up until you talked about the working conditions, and now it gets no love. Now for it just me. pisses you off. Now oh, it makes okay. me even. More, I would watch <laughs> The Karate Kid a thousand times. Haven't we all been in independent movies where we're like, "Oh, I wish I had a place to sit down," you know? Yeah, but I was never in a situation where I was working sixteen hours in a hundred plus heat in sure. Texas, sure. wearing clothes that I've worn since the first day I but got there. But look what came out of it. I don't care. <laughs> Thirty-five I years give after a the rat's no? ass. Right. I don't want 
45 years after that. I don't want it, and I don't want them to get any money for what they did for it, because now it makes me really mad. Well, welcome to the second scariest movie of all time. Thank you. I don't (laughs) plan on watching the first either. I can't watch The There's a ton of of other Texas Chainsaw movies that, in my opinion, are not as good. The remakes were pretty awful. Kind of. They kind of expand upon the family a little bit, but they get a little just wacky. You know, Matthew this, McConaughey this wasn't was one of them. No, I mean this was wacky, but they they of course like they want they want to make money, and so they start making all these sequels, and they they never quite get what the original did. All right. You know, all right. see this movie. Don't see this movie. <laughs> That's this it. will be this will be one that we will disagree on. We That's don't have okay. a ton of these. But not we, not a lot. No, but this is one that we will just disagree but, on, and we will have fights, quote unquote fights about at cocktail parties yeah we're hanging out and all of a sudden even watching this you know years and years later hi rocket like 20 years after the fact when i first saw it i found so much more that i just appreciated in 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 what it took to make this movie and what they came out with um i'm just shaking my it's head. great I'm going to keep shaking my head. That's it. That's it. For Texas Chainsaw Texas Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, uh, now yeah. we're heading into the holiday season. I actually had an idea. Yeah? Because this is a movie I haven't seen. I asked my brother Jordan. Okay. Hi, Jordan. Um, I asked Jordan, what's a Thanksgiving movie? Because I don't know of any Thanksgiving movies. Mm. Do you know of any Thanksgiving movies? Not off the top of my head. I, I bet we can find I some. I asked Jordan, and he knows one. Really? Planes, Trains, and oh, Automobiles. Oh, you're right. With John Candy and Steve Martin. I have not seen that. Oh, my god! I don't know anything about that. I don't know that. if I've seen that either. I literally thought, and this is actually a fun game that you can play with your friends, Take a movie that you kind of know a little bit about, but don't actually know the plot of, and try to describe what you think the plot is. Right. (laughs) So I thought Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was a modern-day rendition of The Greatest Race. Oh, really? I thought that's what it was. Oh, The Greatest Rat Race. Yeah, Rat Race, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 180, whatever it is. (laughs) I thought that's what it was, and I was like, it's like a funny version of that, but it's not. That's not at all what it is. what was it? Someone else said what Jaws was. One of my coworkers, Errol, she's like, I think Jaws is where people go. Oh, no. No, she didn't know what Ocean's Eleven was. She thought that it was a boat. <laughs> that it was a spy movie set on a boat. And the boat's the name was Ocean's Eleven. What That's what she thought. And she about... hasn't seen it. She doesn't know anything about uh, it. Hasn't gone to the trouble God. of looking up what it is. That's insane. It's a great game. If ask your friends what's a movie you haven't seen but know a little bit about and try to describe <laughs> try to what you think the movie is, is about. That's great. It's a really fun game. So I was thinking we could watch Trains Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah, that'd be great. Or that'd be great. if you guys know of another Thanksgiving movie, yeah. shout it out. Yeah. Send it on Message over to us. us. Let us but, know. Um, yeah. yeah, we'd like to do a few more, of course, before the holidays. We're yeah. going to Oregon for Christmas, but uh, We'll have some opportunities to bang out a few more episodes. So. Yeah. yeah, probably not next week because right. things will be crazy. Right, and so you'll it'll be probably gone. be a week space, but then we'll be back. Yep. So here we are. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. As always, be sure to like, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, we will see you next time for planes, trains, and automobiles. Yeah. Bye. Bye.